and there goes my voice for the day. Now, welcome to Adam versus the man. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you, is this the, the, the very mellow edition? That's a recycling of a bad Spike Owen joke that wasn't worth recycling to begin with. But thank you for joining us. Today is Monday, May 24th, 2021. Happy Monday from Adam versus the man. Look at that. Colette Allen and Patrick Lewis already joining in the comments. What an awesome Monday for Mental Health Monday. And thank you for everybody who has bared with us over the last two weeks off from the show of getting reorganized. It's been a lot of fun. I haven't spent all the time with, with my kitties in the hammock, uh, but some, some. Uh, there's been a lot of work getting Adam versus the man where it needs to be to be a show that is being produced professionally, that is being distributed professionally, that has the organizational corporate support, stuff we've been kind of shying away from. And one of the things that like spurred this was like, we're starting to make enough money. We need to like, uh, we need, this, this is like, we've been doing this for a year. It's turning into a serious business now. Maybe, maybe we need to be organized with how the money's coming in, managing it for tax liability purposes, because taxation is theft. And we want to, I, I don't know about you, but I don't like being the victim of theft. I don't, I don't, I don't like being stolen from. Call me crazy. Not my thing. So we're getting we're getting organized with all that and joining us in studio today. None other than GI Mary Jane, Joey Lee, off That's camera normal. for the day. But she is uh, she's doing she's like doing real work right now. Well, we have fun talking about the news, talking to our guests, rambling and ambling on through a bunch of wonderful headlines today. We got a COVID block. We got some good crypto news. We got comment Jim Freedom as executive producer still in the captain's chair or in the I guess that would be like the, the the navigators, the navigator's seat. What do you call that on the bridge of the Enterprise? There's the captain's chair. That's that's me, right? We've got we got like first officer of navigation and visual effects, executive producer Jim Freedom. We've got captain of the co-host team Ed Vallejo, also guest Booker. Very excited about that. We got two great guests on today's show, and Ed Vallejo might be joining us from Phoenix with the recount and yes oh we're not going to talk about the recount without hearing about adam's mixed feelings about all of this oh really oh you're complaining trump losers you're complaining that the election was stolen you mean you lost a stealing contest because that's what American federal elections are. Sorry, not here to cry or commiss. Oh, they stole the election. You know, that's not what this is about. And that's not why this is still an important topic. I'm not covering this just to make fun of the Trumpkins who were still holding on, trying to trying to make did it did it you, you remember all the Trumpians going Trump Trumpkins? Trumpkins. Trump Trumplicans. Trump, Trump, Trumplets. Trumplets. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do we? Why did we not? It was so much. Trump was more fun than Biden. I got. I, I get it. Like I think, and, and I still I stand by my praise, my my hearty, but very distinctly limited praise of Trump as an entertainer <laughs> and a destabilizing force in politics to some extent. Much, much less than people want to give him credit for. Uh, but yes, we have uh, John Brakey is joining us, who's involved with the recount, uh, elections investigator, election integrity advocate. And see, like, this is the thing about looking at this issue to me. 
You know, this is where, like, and I, I want to stop for, like, this is a Adam's opener indulgence sidebar this morning, right? For all of the disputes in politics, I want to say something very powerful to reach out to any any political opponents, any status, anybody involved in, uh, you know, issues in any way contrary to what I believe, okay? The fact that you believe this is more important than self-indulgence makes us brothers and sisters in the great dance forward of humanity who are, who are not our brothers and sisters in this. The motherfuckers, we got to drag along every goddamn day who can't see out their own petty lives, can't see beyond their own immediate horizons, don't see that we are one global family all in this together, sharing one rock circling around the sun, one way or another, soon to be 3D printing rocket ships in our backyards and taking over the cosmos to become the great goo of the universe. Oh, I'll stop my mystic astrophysics for a second to get back to, what was the subject at hand again? Oh yeah, so reaching across the aisle, so to speak. All of my criticisms, I say this as a way of like, prefacing or blunting or <laughs> just adding a, a, injecting a layer of love perhaps to everything I say that's bad about almost everyone else in this world. There's some criminal. We talk mostly about criminals and government, but it, within the realm of political opposition, people who are of, I'll say not even good faith, but mostly good faith efforts in participating in the conversation, talking about what they care about. The fact that you care about this and I care about this, that's what unites us. And that's what makes these things important. And we get to decide by being the ones who care. The direction in which humanity dances forward. Okay, sidebar over. John Brakey is our guest. Join us at the top of the hour. LP candidate and member of the uh, founding member, I guess we'll say, uh, Air Force veteran founding member of our veterans nonprofit, your home front battle buddies, uh, Steve Remus joins us at uh, at 9.40 a.m. Pacific time later on in the show. Before then, we got to get to our producer notes, introduce our co-host, and get to, uh, we got a crypto block, we got a COVID block, we got a mental health Monday block, and uh, who knows, we'll see if we get to our grab bag fun stories today. But with that, Jim Freedom, producer notes. Good morning. How's it going? Great to be back. We got a great show planned. I love the structure we've been working on uh everything's everything's been revamped so it's really exciting you haven't yet mentioned that we haven't changed the access to t.me forward slash adamverse the man the public telegram channel that everyone can join well jim i will make an aside on that to get going here one of the things that we have uh neglected especially in our organization is distribution what i mean by that in terms of the audience is taking this content not just this great core product of the two-hour podcast. It's a lot of fun, and it's live. If you can do it live on uh, on, on YouTube, YouTube is still, and I say, I say this with a lot of mixed feelings, YouTube is still our primary live show destination. It's the most reliable. We still, until we get, uh, we're working on an alternative through the website with Super Chats, by the way. If you're going to Adam versus the man, Dot com underneath underneath there uh today it's under construction last night i thought i was going to be able to get this done in a day had to wait for the security certificate to 
activate. What the fuck is that? How? Really? Really? It's 2021. Why does it take? That, that, that was just for me to get back-end access to WordPress. I'll stop. I'll stop. Uh, but I got it barely functional as of this morning. So you can go to adamversusdemand.com. You can see what the website might look like someday if you use your... No, don't show it. Don't show it. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, if you use your imagination. But it is... I am really excited because this is something I've neglected. I really need to get in myself and do it myself and bring my vision to the website and know how to use it and modify it and tweak it because I've spent so much time over the years going, hey, can you do this? No, no, not like that. No, can you do this? Because it's going to be quicker if you do it because you know what you're doing than if I, no, 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 not like, no, like this. No, 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 like this. No, 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 like, and then five days later, shit, I could have done it myself on the first day. So I'm really excited to be going in. This is something like it is for me, at least I'm pretty tech savvy. I don't mind WordPress backend. It takes a little getting used to. So it's one of my fun projects for this week. But to what Jim was saying, uh, YouTube destination for the live show. But now we get to put a lot of effort on other outlets and Telegram as a censorship-free outlet. It, I'm, we're treating it like a social media stream. Please, if you're not on Telegram, get on Telegram. It's an awesome app. It really is one of the uh, charity products, uh, donation products of the internet, because some billionaire, I, I really should know his name to give him credit here, just said, I want this to exist. Funded this project, now it exists. Is it 100% secure? No, but it's censorship free and it's open source. You can get it out. I don't know if the code's open source. I don't really care. It's an open project that really look from all of my research is something that is being done to serve humanity with the internet. T.me, Telegram, it is the new messaging service that renders telegram regular text irrelevant and phones irrelevant, phone service irrelevant. You can do great calls and video calls with it. You can do groups and organize groups. And it's not complicated. For as much as it does as a messenger app, it really is very simple, very easy to use. If you're not on Telegram, get on Telegram. I'm tempted to say, screw, like we're, by the way, Jim, uh, last night we decided to put $100 down on Starlink, $99. Get in line. (laughs) Our address here is covered. So yes, I'm happy to give Elon Musk $100 for that effort. Uh, We've seen that we covered uh, a couple of weeks ago, we saw the satellites going overhead and Pat here thought they were aliens for a second before. No, Pat, we talked about that on the show. But uh, so happy to give Elon Musk $99 for that specifically. We'll, we'll see. So we will have fast internet and a whole other version of the show by mid to late 2021. Who knows on Musk's timing on that, but happy to, to get in line that way rather than 5G and cell service. And if, if you had Starlink, every, like if I had Starlink covering this property in most places, I would be so eager to drop Verizon. This, this is... I, you know, I fun sidebar, 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 sidebar to the sidebar. Um, One eighth bar. This, and we'll come back to this on Friday, but the technological leap of internet profusion combined with apps like Telegram and where we are with what you can get at Walmart for a $100 touchscreen cell phone, the the telecoms are going out of business. Totally. Like, are, are they going to transition to be ISPs? Maybe, but no, it's just going to be, and, and even then, are we going to need ISPs pretty soon? It's going to be mesh nets. 
Starlink is going to be competing with with Bezos, and it's going to be sudden leaps of, well, now it's free. Well, now it's open source. Well, now it's a censorship-free mesh net. That shit's on the horizon, and it's really exciting to be a part of it. And so the other thing I'll say, Jim, is BitChute. I've been dying to get on BitChute for a long time. We are on BitChute now. Today, as of our regular routine, we're going to be posting the full show. When we start doing clips, those are going to go on BitChute as well. A couple other platforms we're promoting, uh, Odyssey, Float, um, MeWe, and uh, let's see what, Rockfin, Brideon, Daily Motion Rumble, 3 speaktv uh, So a couple big, uh, there are a bunch of others we're getting organized, we're trying out. Uh, Twitch, we just got invited to, to be on Twitch, wow. uh, which is Podchaser. a crypto. Yeah, so, oh, Podchaser. Well, we're using Acast, which gets the audio version of this everywhere right so i'm really excited about that with with that back to you jim do you want to do the producer notes <laughs> yeah yeah you can i mean you're so excited to be back you can do it if you want i'll just sit here and smile you know with my hippie hair for you know whatever <laughs> yeah we yeah, like you said you were i don't know you were kind of off on the list uh uh gi mary jane sent me a list so i could let everybody know all the places. i'll read them real quick we're on acast <laughs> which sends it to amazon audible Podcast Addict, Deezer, iHeart, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Plus Alexa, Podcast, Pocket Casts, Podchaser, and coming soon is Apple iTunes, Pandora, Google Podcasts, Listen Notes, Overcast, Castro, Castbox, and Podfriend. So I don't care who you are, if you're if you if podcasts are a thing, wherever you seem to find it, we should be there. <laughs> I will take the opportunity to make fun of Apple, though. They're the ones that said four to six weeks, right, Joey? So did Google, to be mm -hmm. fair, and four Pandora. to six weeks. Well, they're the big kids. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get it. Like, so this thing about like the SSL, the, the security certificate, whatever for Adamers of the Man.com last night, it's like, how is that not minutes? It's automatic. Like, yeah. Takes hours digitally. How is that not automated yet? I know that someone's got a good explanation, uh, existential frustration, pardon me. But then like podcast approval. This is, a, I suspect we're going to have some fun with this because I don't think they're all going to approve us. Why does it take four to six weeks to like, mm, is, it, is there such a backlog? There's human review. Like they don't want to broadcast certain violation of terms. Con like I'm allowed to, you're like, you're allowed to say whatever you want on the internet, but not on anybody's server. Right. So are they like at four to six weeks? You know what, 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 where have I heard four to six weeks before? Four to six weeks. You know, when I was in the Marine Corps, I heard a lot of, you know, four to six weeks. Well, it was about two weeks. What is it? In the, uh, <laughs> oh, brother, we're out there. Uh, about two weeks. Oh, about two weeks from, what is this? A goddamn geographical auditing? Two weeks from everything? No, but I think about like four to six weeks, four to six weeks. Four to, what takes four to six weeks? Government. And I, censorship. Uh, do I have to wait for some secret government approval plan for what to go through for this podcast before they put me on on Apple? What is the Google service? Apple iTunes is the Google podcast. podcast. Yeah. Google 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 Podcast. Yeah. Okay. What what, what else? Pandora. Is, Pandora. I'm like I use Pandora. I'm excited. I listen to stand up. Sometimes I listen to stand up comedy podcasts on Pandora. I'm like Adverse is the man's going to be on four, four to six, four to six weeks. That's that's a nice way of saying no. <laughs> I got my Pandora acceptance right when my season ended. 
So that's a nice way, that's a nice way of saying we'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> don't call us. Yeah, don't call us. We'll call you. Don't we'll call you Just go wait by the phone. Just go wait by the phone and don't do anything else, especially <laughs> this podcast on any other platform. <laughs> all right, Tim, what else you got? <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, once the website is up, though, it's going to bring you to places like our Patreon page. There's going to be a link for that. And anywhere else you can donate one, five, 10 or $50 a month. 10 bucks a month is the sweet spot that gets you access to the private producers club that we have a lot of fun in. Uh, that thing's been evolving and growing. We're, we're getting we're having a lot of fun with that one. So it's also going to show you the Cigar Federation. Awesome website with all the cigars you can think of. You can get 10% off of your entire order there using promo code ADAM10. So definitely visit the cigarfederation.com. Great website, great products. Use the promo code to get 10% off. Uh, if you haven't, you should check out Instagram at the Garden of Freedom because they've been posting the crap out of a bunch of pictures. So there's <laughs> all kinds of great stuff to see, sunsets, animals, just a great life going up there in Gardenia with new new kittens as well. If you like kittens. It's an explosion of fur babies. Explosion of fur babies. They're all over the place. <laughs> Little tiny babies, bigger babies, and there's bigger ones. So go to Instagram at the Garden of Freedom to check out all that awesomeness and uh, – get yourself involved with life up there in Gardenia and uh, maybe even feel inspired one day to get your ass up there and check it out for yourself. You know, cause that's what it's all about. Uh, after that, we are even bringing something up, I think, but people should still go to the crypto six and donate these cryptocurrencies through these QR codes to help these guys out that were rated with the Bitcoin uh, church. We do have new information. I'll let Adam break to you for that. Yes. one. So that's great. Yes. And uh, one more thing, lastly, the, our favorite website to send people that are interested in self-sustaining homes. If you're looking to do it yourself, gogreenenergyonline.com is the greatest website for all the resources and knowledge you need to get yourself on solar power, micro wind power, all that stuff. So check out gogreenenergyonline.com. Get yourself self-sustaining all by yourself. There all right. Co-host Mercedes Damrotowski joins us from Nebraska. For Mental Health Monday. Good morning, dear. And Cora. Good morning. Can you say good morning, Cora? She's in a mood, oh. mommy. So <laughs> I was in Colorado all weekend at the Libertarian State Convention for Colorado and uh, saw a lot of fun Did stuff. Did you give That's everybody COVID? You gave everybody COVID, didn't you? Well, because those oh, reckless libertarians weren't wearing masks. Nobody's wearing masks in Colorado. Like I, I had my own, so I pro mask, you know, I like my identity to be secret. Uh, and I also, um, traveling with the pollen and the, I have the asthma. And so like my mask helps me when I'm traveling. So I keep it on while I go into gas stations and shops and stuff. Cause I don't want people to know me and it helps me breathe. But, um, I picked up your pen at the convention, even though. I already have one that I got from Gardenia. Um, I, I'm a, an official Waffle House caucus member now. We uh, we ate at the Waffle House. Uh, yeah, it was just great libertarian time. It was great for my mental health. Because, uh, you before know. Before the show, you were bragging about the food. Oh, my God. Waffle, Waffle House is so House. good. I think it disqualifies you. I think that's grounds for us to expel you. I also want to say from the Waffle House caucus because Waffle House is more known for its shootings 
then it's food and that's what we're supposed to be bragging about yeah no it was the food yo it was just it was like now i want waffle house but here oh you want to hear something about waffle house i found out that makes me a little bit salty i want to open a franchise for waffle house in nebraska because nebraska doesn't have a waffle house so i went to the waffle house website to see how much a franchise was you know see if there's opportunities uh, Waffle House's franchise is private. It's closed. Nobody outside of it can get into it unless they say you can. And you can only open a new Waffle House if you're already a Waffle House club member because they don't want anybody else in the Waffle House club. Just who's in it right now. And it's $300,000 to $600,000 for your franchise license. And you need a half a million to a million dollars to open your restaurant, which is actually kind of reasonable because you'll make that back in the first yeah i got you know mercedes i gotta say in praise of of waffle house and and the food there uh it does really remind me of my childhood because nowhere else can i get cigarette ash in my omelets and that's just it reminds me of home and that's, that's what we were teasing um somebody teased me i think it was jim said it. no you're supposed to like it at 2 a.m when you're drunk I'm like no i'm poor that's poor people food. it's it was great i had the the hash Party bowl. like it's 2 a.m 24 hours a day with mercedes i don't do real drugs i'm cool like this normally here yeah you have my id all right mercedes so, what's yeah. our comment contest today comment contest today is how many baby animals is the biggest litter you've ever had and the biggest litter wins because I have seven puppies underneath okay, this. Okay, and winner will be expected to verify with pictures, with, with a photograph at least, with of them. baby animals. You have to have to have baby animals included. Don't put so, America. Mommy, what? Is, like I have, I have ants here, and my ants just had a litter of five hundred thousand three hundred and sixty-five, and I mean they are all just such precious. No, 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 no. Actual, that, actual no? pets with that oh. you have named individually. Do not show my ID online. Isn't, my daughter. Isn't a pig owner going to be the winner? If I mean, on, would pigs have like only if that pig is your pet. If you're if you're a farmer, you cannot use your livestock as a winning token. I'm sorry, as an ag girl, as a farm girl, that's cheating. I don't care unless it's a four uh, four H uh, cow, but cows generally only have one to three babies, so. Okay. All right. We'll see how these rules develop throughout the show. Win Mercedes no contest. She's been doing a great job already keeping your comments where I guess Facebook or YouTube or Periscope. You can comment all those locations. Get them up on screen like this one. Thanks to Mercedes. We'll see how this comment contest evolves. We're going to do our crypto block, our COVID block, come back from Mercedes stories with the Mental Health Monday block before we get to our guests. And they're recent, too. They're not even like, this is a, educational. No, this is like real news in the media, yeah. mental health in real time. Yes. Because um, I'm, I'm not a mental health professional, and I should it's, not be giving out mental health advice. It, so we're going to focus on It's interesting current events-oriented Mental Health Monday block. All right, everybody, keep your comments coming from Mercedes. Thank you, dear. All right. We start off our headlines today with the crypto block and good news from sentinelsource.com, the home of the keen sentinel, Ian Freeman, released to home confinement in federal Bitcoin case. Now, watching this story from a distance, giving, given my uh, relatively uh, 
a thorough background in experiencing the long arm of the law, uh, I was very afraid for Ian uh, that he would be held without bail through the resolution of his case, through the resolution of charges, uh, even though they are all nonviolent and they are all financial, alleged financial, and they're not even crimes. They're, they're really non-crimes because the, the crimes that he's being charged with are uh, mostly, at least along the lines of doing business without paying off government. <laughs> you know, it's not like uh, you hurt somebody or stole from somebody. It's you didn't give the government their cut of your business. And there are a lot of very important issues intersecting with this case around religious freedom as they were using a church for their operations. So while these financial transactions that are allegedly criminal were, uh, you know, being evaluated without the church, it's like if your corporate entity is a federally recognized religious institution, that raises a whole other set of questions that are at least, I hope, to some degree going to be answered with this case. Now, what Ian Freeman is going to do with this, with nobody, with the other four defendants in this case, who we're hoping to get on the show again later this week, we'll see what we can do. There is a, uh, a possibility that they all plea out. And, and I wouldn't blame them. You know, like I've done that myself before, you know, and, and nobody can judge anybody else's decision, you know, when they have a gun of government pointed at their head where it's like, well, no, you might do life in jail if you do or say the wrong thing. You know, uh, nobody, I, you can judge the action. Uh, you can judge the decision, but really to judge the person based on that decision, you don't know what they're facing in those circumstances. There's no way you can understand the totality of another human being's decision in such a difficult circumstance. But what I want to see here is, especially with our defendants not being in jail anymore, what I'm much more hopeful they will be able to achieve now is actually fighting this out to a jury case or a legal resolution that sets precedent on some of these major questions being raised by this case. Ian Freeman, the King-based libertarian activist facing criminal charges relating to his Bitcoin exchange business, was ordered released to home confinement Friday after two months in jail following his arrest in March. In an order Friday, U.S. District Ju Court Judge Joseph N. Laplante imposed a number of conditions, including that Freeman leave home only for approved reasons, refrain from accessing digital currency, submit to government monitoring of his computer activity, and agree to forfeit $200,000 in money or property if he fails to appear for court. They go, holy shit, Adam, how are you celebrating this as a victory for freedom? Well, I'm not, you know, it's not like I want, I wanted to put on the, uh, you know, title for today, Ian Freeman Freed. And it's like, well, uh, house arrest, living in America, not really freed. But uh, the reason this is such a big deal for me uh, and for everybody, going from the big to the small here, three reasons. One, this is an indicator of a lessening of the viciousness of the police state slash legal system complex, right? In the past, like even in my case, well, in my case, you know, like when, when I did four months in jail, it was, there was a gun involved, even though there were no victims. And so they were able to use that to deny me bail. In a lot of cases, it's that threat of violence that is in, in, a, in a natural law sense, justified to take someone's freedom, to say like, hey, you might be a threat to society, therefore 
uh, you know, we have to hold you until it's properly determined. Of course, like our legal system doesn't honestly you know, embody this principle at all. But in Ian Freeman's case, he was denied bail at first, had to do two months for financial crimes. And, and, and this is a, a, an admission of such patheticness from government that they can't release someone like this pre-trial and keep track of them or keep them from getting in trouble, blah, 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 blah. And so the fact that they cannot use, like, and, and this is sort of like one little tool taken out of the government's toolbox in, in order to, to hurt people, uh, which is, you know, you can beat the ride uh, or you can beat the, the charge, but you can't beat the ride. We can still arrest you. We have excuses to arrest you for anything at any time. And, you know, we can hold you without bail. And that's the punishment. Patrick Lewis violates the seventh amendment um, among others. Right. Uh, um, but uh, to, to be detained like this, is has been weaponized by prosecutors against individuals to bully them into plea deals. And uh, kudos to Ian. Ian, like, this is a huge victory. By Ian standing up and, and fighting for this in jail, um, I don't want to say it set precedent, that would be an exaggeration, but it's at least shown that, yeah, government, sorry, prosecutors, you know, uh, you really can't get away with keeping people locked up when this is all you have to charge them with. Freeman's attorney, Mark Sissy, said Friday afternoon this client was said to be released later in the day. Prosecutors claimed Freeman ran an unlicensed virtual currency exchange business. Oh. See, that's the thing, unlicensed. Not what does that unlicensed. mean? You didn't give the government their gun, so they're going to come after you because they're a gang defending their territory that handled millions of dollars in transactions over several years in violation of the law. According to the government, Freeman has co-defendants advertised sales of virtual currency online to operate virtual currency exchange kiosks in Kenya and elsewhere. So there's a lot more to this case about, you know, purported religious entities. And, you know, are, well, you know, there's pretty well-established precedent. You can, you can use uh, a, a religious entity, if government recognized, right, to, uh, to do business, to conduct financial transactions. But not if you're libertarians and not if those transactions are in crypto. Uh, yeah, that's, that, that, that's a big part of what's at stake. Uh, Betty Spaghetti, Cash Jernan's murder. Oh, Cash Jernan's murder got bail. Hashtag bros. Yeah, uh, can't get bail. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, just the contrast of who gets bail and who doesn't is, uh, you know, d does really reveal that government's interest is not in keeping you safe. Government, government's interest is in maintaining its racket. And people who are a threat to that racket have to be isolated. People are a threat to their fellow human beings. <laughs> we'll just do that enough to maintain our credibility so we can do all the other criminal stuff. All right, a few more fun stories in our crypto block. Wall Street Journal, Elon Musk has become Bitcoin's biggest influencer, like it or not. When Elon Musk speaks, Bitcoin investors listen. The Tesla chief executives' often cryptic messages have sent Bitcoin's price on a roller coaster ride this year. Prices soared nearly 20% on January morning when he added hashtag Bitcoin to his Twitter biography. They jumped 16% in a single day in the following month after Tesla revealed it bought 1.5 billion worth of it. Now, there are some people who are. Uh, 
you know, unhappy with them now that crypto has gone down, that people are uh, saying that, that he shouldn't be, shouldn't have this influence. And um, some of the, this article includes a tweet response to Musk from Tim Kim, Timothy S. Kim. You're the most hated person in the world right now. All my friends, myself included, one from diehard Elon slash Tesla slash SpaceX slash Neuralink fans to hating you from deep within our souls. How you accomplished that in such a short amount of time is one for the history books. And I, that's, that's, that's very sensationalistic, certainly. Uh, over the top representative of a minority on the opinion uh, about Musk, but Musk recently announced that he won't accept Bitcoin for payment. And that is... Uh, you know, look, Bitcoin really is, and cryptocurrency really is an open source venture for humanity. So it's really, what is it? What's the community? It's people who are involved and invested and bought into it. And if Elon Musk jumps in and jumps out and it's for his own gain and you want to hate him for it, like, okay, uh, I would still say, thanks for jumping in. Thanks for being in as much as you still are. It's it I it, to hate Elon Musk. Like I don't like a lot of things he does, and I, but I'm still a fan that someone is doing what he is doing to push humanity forward. Um. So this like you loved him for like I don't love or hate someone with with such emotional vulnerability who's a stranger to you. You know, love the ideas, love the endeavors, love the fact that, I mean, if Elon disappeared tomorrow, everything he's created would still be available to serve humanity and others would pick those things up. I hate that he has to have taken so much government money to accomplish what he's done, that his priorities have not included restructuring society as a libertarian would want so that more people can accomplish what he's doing so that more people can be involved in these grandiose endeavors to take humanity to the next level that is right around the corner right now, chronologically speaking. Did he manipulate the Bitcoin market for his own gain? I'd be like, ah, fuck, yep, well, that's Elon Musk. Not, oh, well, no, I hate him from the depths of my soul. But in terms of his influence on crypto, dude with a lot of money comes into the crypto space. <laughs> that's a great thing for crypto. You know, uh, I, I look at Elon Musk participating in such a big way in so many huge human ventures in, in alternative energy and electric vehicles in infrastructure with, you know, the boring project with space exploration. And now like, with, I, I know I'm with Neuralink, right? Those are the big ones. Uh, human optimization with computers in our brains, fucking amazing. And and now with crypto that he jumped in, I don't think he's been perfect in any of these. But that one renaissance man of uh, modern technology has achieved as much as he has, haters going to hate, right? Keep talking about crypto because Bitcoin's going up as you are. So Ooh, Bitcoin's going. going up. It's because I'm speaking about you. Obviously, this is the cokish <laughs> bump today. Uh, Gadgets.ndtv.com. Yeah, we'll get to the price of Bitcoin too to, to sum up uh, our, our crypto block today. Gadgets 360, mysterious Doge whale account back in focus holds about 12 billion 
dollars worth of the digital asset. The investor has around 3,671 core Dogecoins. The account's holdings had touched a whopping 22 billion before the crash two weeks ago in the past. Now, so I, I'm looking at, by the way, I'm looking at Dogecoin too. And Elon Musk manipulating that, like, oh, yeah, Doge, we're going to make the joke, the crypto of the future. I think he's even said, yeah, crypto on Mars is going to be Doge. And I actually like the, uh, I don't know, what, what, what's the term, like, rakish, uh, bad boy, jokester attitude that Elon Musk brings to his role. Certainly way more entertaining than Bill fucking Gates, right? And so if he manipulates people and jokes around and he's doing this fun doge thing on the side, uh, I, I I can't blame him for that either. I, I, but I'm still very skeptical that like, about, I think this Dogecoin, if I had to guess, is like Elon Musk's side hustle pump to, you know, get more interest and money into crypto. And it's, it's still righteous and, you know, justified in its own way. But uh, is Dogecoin going to be the crypto of the future? I'm highly skeptical. Uh, to the story, in the past few days, the value of Dogecoin has fallen sharply. One of the main reasons for the dip was China announcing a ban on crypto trading. However, despite the crash, Doge is one of the few cryptocurrencies that has seen a stupendous rise as compared to its value at the beginning of this year. That rise was primarily credited to Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk who often supported it on his social media accounts in February, though he had warned that the biggest threat to Doge was his extreme concentration among a handful of digital giants. Now, here's the interesting thing from, from Musk on this. He's really pushing, like, what can he do to manipulate, and not necessarily in a bad way, the larger crypto market. As he said in a tweet, if major Dogecoin holders sell most of their coins, it will get my full support. Too much concentration is the only real issue, in my opinion. If major Dogecoin holders sell most of their coins, and we have my full. So anyway, you know, I will literally pay actual money if they just void their account. Um, and someone replied, this is an interesting analysis from at It's All Risky on Twitter. Wales will have to consider Elon's ultimatum here. If they comply, Dogecoin becomes the currency of the internet. If they don't or cheat by distributing their coins across multiple wallets, then it loses Elon's endorsement. Easy decision for the whales. Do the right thing. And it's it's kind of interesting to think there's so much room for manipulation here that you would never know about. But very interesting to see how the Musk Dogecoin drama will play out. Marketwatch.com for the last story in our crypto block today. Bitcoin prices tumble 50% from peak. And Mark Cuban calls the crypto crash the great unwind. Doge prices are at 29 cents, down 60% from the early May peak for the meme assets. Bitcoin prices on Sunday afternoon were in free fall anew, with the world's number one crypto spiraling down more than 50% from a peak in the around the middle of April amid another bout of turbulence in the digital asset sector. Now, I predicted that there would be some major correction. I don't want to say I told you so good and say, you know, when or this precisely, but this is about what I had in mind. And uh, this is not a reason to abandon crypto. This is a reason to buy the dip. Uh, as we've seen, the, the, the price of crypto is up and down, and it, it corrects a lot because the surges are not manias 
but uh, surges in demand that are not sustainable or that are based on short-term hype and then it corrects and then it goes back up and then it goes corrects and then it goes back up and it's still gotten from zero and it's funny to hear like people who don't understand what bitcoin is kind of gloating like oh bitcoin went down from its mid-april peak at 64,829.14 look your silly crypto is all the way down to $32,632 and the smart crypto people are going like yeah from zero <laughs> uh, hello did, did you miss that point so uh that's where crypto is today and now with the last uh 11 minutes before we joey dear my my pipe is empty can oh you, my god can you pass me the orange one that is nothing oh, yes this one's, this one's almost well insane. i just i just need i mean just it. like masks i just need to symbolically take yeah. my covid <laughs> vitamins before we dispense some misleading medical misinformation and get into our COVID block today. <laughs> All right, from AFP uh, at MSN.com. It, what did he put the kid that this is confidence in, in in the COVID racket falling 50% in the last two months? Yeah, uh, no, from the AFB Association of France Plus study shows dogs can detect COVID positive arrivals. Dogs can be trained to detect more than 90% of COVID infections, even when patients are asymptomatic, according to research published Monday, which others hope could help replace the need to quarantine new arrivals. I thought it was bad enough that we were using dogs to sniff out drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think any comment is really needed on this story. It's just, yeah, dogs are being roped into the COVID hysteria now. I'll just say one more thing about this is like the misallocation of resources is fucking tragic. And it's like, even if, Everything the fear mongers have said about COVID is true. The time, energy, attention, and resources that have gone towards fighting COVID have represented a tragic misplacement of priorities and, and misallocation because that could go to dealing with real human problems, actually serving humanity and instead it's going to serve this hysteria and the conspiracies behind it. And this is not me in some kind of theory. I'm just calling conspiracies what they are, that the media has conspired, obviously, and like openly to hype this up because, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. They serve government. They conspire openly with government to promote government propaganda. Uh, the pharmaceutical companies conspire openly with government to protect themselves for liability so they can get, you know, experimental vaccines pushed out and not face the consequences for hurting people with those vaccines with side effects. That's the conspiracy. You know, like I'm not, nothing, nothing theoretical about it. That, that's the conspiracy in the open that is this black cloud of COVID hanging over humanity right now. So to see dogs getting roped into this is just like as a dog lover, you know, man, extra fucking tragic. 
So, uh, yeah. From Reuters, no one's safe anymore. Japan's Osaka City crumples under COVID-19 onslaught. The latest in international fear-mongering, exhausted doctors warn of a system collapse. Region accounted for a third of Japanese death toll in May. Swamping of health system highlights challenge of Olympics. Just half of Japan's medical staff completed inoculations. You mean of medical professionals in obedience dominated Japan, they could still only convince half medical professionals to get the jab. Let's see, Mike Freeman, not to mention punishing those who don't get the jab. Yeah. No, and this is, uh, you know, as I mentioned in an interview yesterday, kind of personal for me as I've, I've been invited to a family wedding where they're saying I would be the only unvaccinated one or my, my partner and I, or my guest and I. It's like, I don't think it, I don't think I want to go to a wedding where discussing my personal medical decisions or, or and, and revealing health history is is relevant. But you're gonna say if, if you've made yourself toxic with mRNA vaccines, then you're welcome. Like the other thing is like I and I don't want to be fear mongering, paranoid about like the vaccine shedding issue, but apparently that's still an under estimated and not fully understood issue that if you get this vaccine or one of these mRNA vaccines and you get symptoms, think about the symptoms. What does it mean to have symptoms from a vaccine? It means you're sick. It means there's some toxic virus in you that your body's expelling with those symptoms. And when you're doing that, you are shedding the virus. You are, you are contagious with those viral proteins. It's not the same as the virus itself. I'm not trying to say, oh no, you're going to get people sick with COVID. That's not it, but it might be worse and we don't know. And what we're seeing right now as, and it sucks that I have to report rumors, that I can only report rumors on this because, and, and they're better than rumors, there's credible reports, but in terms of it being a widespread phenomena, we don't have the reporting data yet coalesce to confirm that shedding of the mRNA viral protein causes blood clotting in women. And I mean, I don't trust all women, especially when it comes to reporting stuff like this about their health. And when you see that, you know, one person got the vaccine and then went and lived with a group of women who all experienced fucked up blood clotting issues. And we're talking about, yes, women blood clotting issues. <laughs> uh, yeah, patterns are starting to emerge. And, and if you're if you're the kind of person who just goes, well, government said jump. I said how high, not, oh, let me look up and see what's over my head before I jump into a, a, a you know, a, a hammer. You know, fuck, you, you just, just really? You're going to, you're going to just jump to do what government says with all the things they have done to screw up your health in the past? It's, it's really kind of sad, you know, and if there is a, uh, a split in society right now, you know, it's people who care about their health and think for themselves versus people who don't. Or people who don't care about their health enough to think for themselves. One way or another. Sad. So, a, hospitals in Japan, second largest city of Osaka, are buckling under a huge wave of new coronavirus infections. Running out of beds and ventilators as exhausted doctors warn of a system collapse and advise against holding the Olympics this summer. And how we were past ventilators. So we figured out that that's... that's it, just sharing this to be like, you're going to hear propaganda about Japan fear mongering. It's collapsing. And it's the same language that we've 
deconstructed in the past here with American news stories where you go, no, no, that's that's a real gross mischaracterization of reality of hyping things up. Newsmax.com facing publish, public backlash. Japan ponders zero spectator Olympics. Yeah. We're going to be coming back to that story. It's an interesting one. Wall Street Journal. Intelligence on sick staff at Wuhan lab fuels debate on COVID-19 origin. Remember, they told, like, and, and I've, I've been kind of agnostic on this. Like, I don't really care where the virus came from. It's here. You know, like you can, if it came from a lab secretly leaked, engineered by government, they could do that in a way that you would never know. They could even make it look like that to drag you down a false rabbit hole if it was a completely naturally occurring virus. But for the people who were champions of the more conspiracy-minded theory that, oh, yes, this was engineered in a lab and released intentionally to the public, laughed at. And now Wall Street Journal with this headline, Intelligence on Six Staff at Wuhan Lab Fuels Debate on COVID-19 Origin. Definitely a subject worthy of questioning. And I never, you know, ridicule people, I don't think, <laughs> for going down the Wuhan engineered lab, you know, theory rabbit hole. Uh, well, go, at some point, you're wasting time on silliness, right? But uh, it's a worthwhile topic. And now mainstream credibility report says researchers went to hospital in November 2019, shortly before confirmed outbreak, adds to calls for probe of whether virus escaped lab. I mean, I'm still generally of the mind. It doesn't really matter. But uh, if more decisive results come out of this, you'll know here. Excuse me. Indian Express, more international fear mongering. Summer travel will require picking your way through a maze of border rules. The unvaccinated could potentially get into if the U.S. is added to an EU whitelist that currently features eight countries, including New Zealand and Israel, with low COVID-19 rates. Uh, Europe is slowly peeling back border restrictions set in place to stop the spread of COVID-19, providing an opening for sightseers and sun seekers to finally make plans for summer migration to Greece, Spain, or Italy. And yes, this is just one of the things we will be following as COVID season slowly comes to a close, hopefully transitions into a relatively mild, uh, you know, cyclical phenomenon like the flu that doesn't allow government much more room for bullshit than the flu does. But, uh, you know, at least we can hope. And one of the things that we will be covering is what travel restrictions you will be following. And right now it's sad. It's still a very confusing patchwork. Healthy disrespect for authority. They're trying to do jab passports between states in Australia. Thank you for that update, disrespect. And uh, also in the United States, I believe New York City and certain other uh, jurisdictions are considering uh, various entry controls at this point. And that's a huge, disgusting way that the state is empowered by limiting your freedom of movement. Reuters, with this, Indian villagers turn to unlicensed clinics as COVID spreads to the countryside. Um, that's like saying, you know, oh my gosh, unlicensed clinics. Like, yeah, uh, natural practitioners, you know, why go to a hospital where people go to die when you can, you know, go somewhere that promotes health? Uh, an Indian farmer, a former hospital worker with no medical education, is where a small unlicensed clinic tending to patients with breathing difficulties and checking their oxygen levels that they lie on cots on the mud floor. Yeah, it's a lot easier to escape uh, the tyranny of medical licensing there. Now, a couple quick economic stories related to COVID. Remember, this was the 
major motivator of the printing of $1.9 trillion, or at least the excuse, I should say, for the federal government to print $1.9 trillion to inject several thousands of dollars into the hands of every American who's on the rolls to get uh, their, their COVID relief funds. And this has fueled a, not just, this, this is the inflation of the monetary supply that is now fueling a very disproportionate bubble-oriented uh, set of inflation phenomena in price inflation. So Bloomberg has this headline, meat eaters hit artists as inflation sweeps U.S. grocery aisles. And, you know, I, I say this as a, uh, you know, consumer choice vegan, the, the chillest kind of vegan is, I'll eat meat if it's leftovers, I don't, I don't care. Um, and I'm not an asshole who's going to run into every room and tell you about it. But uh, I will gloat the fact that uh, people who eat a lot of meat today, like processed shit full of hormones and chemicals, are going to suffer the health consequences. But also that if you're promoting factory meat, it's an extremely inefficient and, and toxic, uh, polluting way of, of generating healthy calories for human consumption. And people will say, well, per pound, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah, no, meat, has, there's no way around it. It's just a whole layer less in less efficient. And it's made possible because of government subsidies of the corn industry. Hello. So, yeah, I'll gloat that, oh, meat eaters. Yeah, meat is getting, uh, especially for people who, yeah, I'm not like, you know, 100% like everybody who eats meat is evil. But there, it's it's thoughtless in the way that most Americans consume it. You know, of, of all the things that Americans consume thoughtlessly, meat is up there on how we do it badly. Okay, um, it, you know, so uh, that that this is a consequence that may lead to Americans being healthier. I'm kind of okay with, but uh, in terms of uh, price inflation causing food prices to go up and hurting the poorest among us, no, I'm not okay with that. Speaking of the poorest among us, let's go to the richest among us, Forbes.com. Bernard Arnault becomes world's richest person as LVMH stock rises. That's right. New richest person person in the world, French, French fashion tycoon Bernard Arnault is the world's richest person this Monday with an estimated net worth of $186.3 billion, putting him $300 million above Bezos, worth just $186 billion. And Elon Musk. Worth a mere 147.3 billion, and it's. I was just thinking, how do you? Like, it's a 300 million dollar difference. 0.3 out of 186. That's that's 0.1. Less like like about, you know, what a, a percent less like half a percent, right? Something like that difference. Very interesting to see Arnaud and Bezos right there at the top as, uh, you know, government is is really doing so good right now, serving its core purpose of keeping the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. And with that, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to have to, I can't, I can't, I can't talk about the rich are getting so much richer because of COVID without taking my COVID vitamins. And that's our COVID block for today. All right, we are just a few minutes late for our guests, so let's check in with Mercedes very, very quickly just for the comment contest before we get to John. Mercedes. Who's got the biggest litter? 
So I know size so, isn't everything. So for so far, uh, there is one winner, and he's already in the producers club. And there, <laughs> there's no photo evidence, so nobody's winning. All right. Well, what's the standard he has set then? Seven. No, nine. Seven, nine. Nine. Six. Nine. It was kitties. Oh, I was hoping it was humans, but no. Okay, nine kittens. Oh, <laughs> no, my, that's my dad. Kittens. That's my dad. Thanks. Nine kittens is the brood to beat. We will come back with Mercedes for Mental Health Monday's block after our interview with John Brakey and then grab bag. And who knows what else we can get to along with LP Gannett, Steve Remus. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is John Brakey of Audit Arizona. John Roberts Brakey is an elections investigator, election integrity advocate, former business owner, co-founder of Audit AZ, Americans United for Democracy, Integrity, and Transparency in Elections which has expanded to become Audit USA. I love that. I love that acronym. I'm an acronym nerd. I guess it's a Marine Corps thing you never get over, right? What's your favorite TLA, three-letter acronym? Duh. Um, but yeah, government does these, like, you know, it's the Patriot Act, protecting and something, something, something. Audit USA, Americans United for Democracy, Integrity, and Transparency in Elections. John, thank you so much for joining this morning. How are you doing, brother? We're doing good, and thank you for having me on and uh, and being part of your show. I love your background too; very professional. You got to have all your info there. No one's going to screenshot your promos away from you. I love it; very well organized, beautiful. But, you know, I got a green screen room, and that's what it is. And uh, and I have a magic uh, mic, so I can just jump right in and and do different things to help people understand the geek Greek language of elections. All right, and I love it. I'm not a geek, but I worked with some great ones. <laughs> that's that's what credibility on the internet looks like, right? All right, John. Anything else we need to know about you, or you'd like us to know before we jump into the audit subject? Well, I would say not really too much. I mean, I've been doing this now for almost 18 years, and uh, and I'm very proud of the relationship that I have with the Libertarian Party. I want to do a shout out to them and Brandon and the boys in Maricopa County and really all through the country. And, yes. uh, you know, I get access into these places by my relationship with the Libertarian Party, even though I am a progressive Democrat myself. Uh, I tell people that for this eagle to fly right, it does need a left wing and a right wing. And thank goodness that we have the Libertarian Party as our tail feathers to keep us on course. And hold the uh, the machine to uh, to its accountability and challenging it, and and that gives me the ability to slip into any county in Arizona because the Libertarian Party is on the ballot. All right, John. Uh, specifically, just to not leave out his last name, that's Brandon Slayton, Chairman of Maricopa County Libertarian Party, a great longtime activist. And John, as someone who carries the credibility, when you say. Uh, that you're a liberal Democrat, having established that, you test the bounds of my inclusion of people pulling humanity in the right direction who would apply that label. But with that acknowledgement of the LP, uh, I would certainly put you in the, uh, the category of, uh, like most people in the Green Party, I would, uh, of people who have that uh, you know, liberal view of government, but with a uh, foundation in compassion and a genuine desire to move humanity forward. So thank you. Well, thank you. Because, you know, what I do is not about the right or left. It's about right and wrong. And when you look into it very hard, 
you're going to find out right and wrong turns into greed and corruption and it's all about money okay and uh, and a lot of people need to realize that i mean i'm out here trying to teach people that we could have elections that are transparent trackable you know just like the slide i have right now you know in arizona the actual act of voting is the secret process however counting is a public process and we've lost our way and so uh you know there's a revolution happening in this country it took a long time for it to get to the voting system it's called digital you know the old system that we used to vote on was uh, what we call optical scan okay and and with these new voting systems we have we really have two official ballots as you can see on the screen and uh one is the ballot that you filled out and then there is a digital copy made okay and used to the computer that counts the vote. It's the digital copy that is important. And that is a public record. And, and like I said, the actual act of voting is the secret process. Counting is a public process. And we must get back to that in order to be able to secure our, our systems and to know that our vote really matters. I mean, I tell people, if not voting in 2016 was a presidential candidate, they would have won by a landslide. 44% of us in 2016 did not vote. Oh, you've heard, I've quoted that exactly in debates and pointed out, yeah, the majority of eligible voters, if they, if they, had, if they had cast a vote for nobody for president, we would be free of this tyranny. Uh, but John, yeah. uh, as, as, as a segue here, I want you to sort of put this in ideological context because a lot of people look at you and go, oh, you're the Audit Arizona guy. You're one of those crazy Trumplicans. You're one of those, uh, you know, Trump ditto heads. And you're just here to, you know, say that the election was stolen from Trump. Well, that's not the truth, because first off, I detest Trump. OK, and I'm here because my brothers and sisters on the right need to know, I know what it feels like because I remember 2004 and what I stumbled in and that's when I started. And, and, and the more I investigate elections, the more I know that we need uh, elections that we can believe in. And that means robust audits or whatever. And so uh, uh, I was very interesting for me 10 weeks ago to drive up to Phoenix and meet with uh, Hub Radio. And I thought that they were a studio. And then when I got there, I saw this big mega sign and, and I go, oh my God, these are Trumpers. What am I gonna do? And then when I went inside and met them, I found out there are people just like me. They wanna know if we have a functioning democracy or not. And those are the people I try to work with and maybe help them be ungaslighted but with facts. You know, I tell people, I'm a conspiracy factualist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I like conspiracy realists, but factualists, that's another good way. So in this case, though, John, the recount that's happening in Arizona is the third. Is that correct? No, not at all. It is so crazy. You know, uh, I did the original hand count, which was a minor audit. OK, and when I talk about minor audit, Okay, uh, they picked starting 14 days before the election up to two to four batches a day. Okay, and then when they election night or the next day after the election, they do a lottery pick. And what did they pick? 
they picked 52 batches they already had selected that had an asterisk in there and the results in the box. And there's 10,000 batches, okay? It's like saying that we got 50, 10,000 banks in the state of Arizona and I'm putting 52 cops at 52 banks. And if those banks aren't robbed, well, uh, that means the other 9,000, you know, 949 or 48 were, were not robbed. And, and it's insanity. And then they then had an issue, uh, they, the, the logic and accuracy test after. A logic and accuracy test only proves that the system is working right now. Uh, let's use Volkswagen as an example. What's the difference between a logic and accuracy test, which is a test you fill out, pre-fill out ballots, you run it through the machine, and you're checking the logic and accuracy. A logic and accuracy test is no different than an emission test on a Volkswagen diesel. Oh, by the way, that costs Volkswagen $30 billion in this country. They had to buy back 580,000 cars, okay? There's parking lots over the country, and they built a system to cheat. And it didn't cheat by 40%. It didn't cheat by 80%. It was 40 times to 80 times over the limit. That's okay. how bad they cheated. And so basically, so a logic and accuracy test only proves one thing to me. It's working right at this moment. And right. then they did another audit, which wasn't an audit. Me and the Libertarian Party sued on that one because they blocked party oversight. And then they claimed at the end that there was no need for parties to be and participate because they brought in the two vendors who serviced Dominion and said, check the system. <laughs> you know, that's kind of a conflict. You know, a Las Vegas slot machine at least doesn't get tested by the casino. It's tested by an independent state agency. Okay. I mean, so right. there you go. Those are three recounts they had. There was none. Okay, okay and this is the propaganda of the left and the media, and I keep telling them over and over again, and they won't listen. Okay, John, so I, I, I'm sorry I kind of skipped this, but I want to go back specifically. Audit AZ, your role. We've been hearing a lot about cyber ninjas. You're not one of the, you don't look like a ninja. You're not one of the ninjas, are you? Give us the sort of chain of command of who's doing what, where did it come from, the okay. whole industry count, down to yeah. where you fit in and where Cyber Ninjas fits okay. in. Okay, uh, there is uh, basically three, uh, there's four entities involved, okay? You got the Senate, okay? And you got Ken Bennett. Now, <clears throat> uh, I work with Ken Bennett. I've known Ken Bennett since 2009 when he first met me and thought I was crazy, okay? Because he felt nothing was wrong with the elections. And then he kind of came down the rabbit hole and started realizing, you know what, this breaky, he's not as crazy as I thought. He is the liaison, and I work with Ken, and I am a advisor. Ken Bennett, sorry, Ken Bennett is an Arizona state senator, correct? Uh, he, no, he was, he was four, four years, he was the president of the Senate, and then Jan Brewer got moved up to governor. He got the position of secretary of state. And then he ran on his own and did four years there. So he did six years overall as Secretary of State. A, a, a really good guy. I really respect him. We work well together. And uh, he ran for governor twice. He lost to Doug Ducey, okay? And he is the man who is liaison to the Senate and to Doug Logan, who's the prime contractor. And then you have uh, Wake, which is the hand count 
people. And then you have Bennett as liaison. Bennett is appointed by the Senate. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly the case. He represents. He's not just our independent. Excuse me, independent liaison. Ken Bennett is the representative of the Arizona Senate that is asking for this audit. Yes, he certainly is. And uh, in fact, I got a picture of him. I'm pulling myself off the screen. And I can say one thing about Cannon. He is definitely uh, sees the vision that we see that transparency is the solution. He uh, is working to get the, we're going to have three audits. Well, we're going to have the original count. Then we're going to have the hand count, which will not be perfect. Okay, it's going to be close. And then we're going to have a ballot image audit. We're going to take the images and the cast vote records. They're going to go to a guy named of Ray Lutz out of San Diego, who has built a computer program that can count these ballot images. And then he will bring out the results. And then he will sort them by precinct that anybody can go ahead and count these things. Okay. And so basically that's the gold is to be able to make elections that we all can believe in. And so basically uh, that is where we're going. And, but there was no three counts done at all that were adequate to prove that this elections are real. Now that doesn't mean that I believe that we're going to find a lot of votes on Trump and, and, and the Senate race. Hold on, bring you back. Give, so from Ken down, what's the, what's the, organization chain of command that includes you and the cyber well, is Doug Logan, who is the prime contractor okay, okay. and he was paid one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for this from the senate but he is fundraising off other people across the country let's face it there are 70 million americans in this country okay who really believe or, or six let's say 78 percent of those 74 million republicans think the election was stolen okay and, uh, and this is to prove if it wasn't or wasn't. And that's why the bamboo is an issue, because there was a guy out there. Yeah, uh, right. who paid money yeah. to have it done, right? Yeah, you got to take care of your donors. If someone shifted and said, I'll give you this money. Yeah, I mean, right. I don't believe Pulitzer, okay? That's not even his real name, okay? And they, when I was explaining to the media about what we were checking for, and they asked about bamboo. I told them the story, and uh, but they did. The guy who made the clip cut it and then restarted again, so he didn't finish where I said, "Oh, by the way, I don't believe any of that." But this is how we ungaslight people by using facts. Yeah, and that there's, means there's, there's so much partisan manipulation here, and this you, oh. you are operating in a unique space underneath these still two giant opposing forces that, that are kind of contesting the presidency. I mean, these are Republicans who are driving this. You you have to admit, like, even as a liberal coming in here, you're, you're playing with people who have almost purely partisan Trumpian interests in doing this. And I, know, I you know, they're moving on and they want to know if we now have a functioning democracy. A lot of them do. Okay. And it's very important that, you know, I used to be a psychotherapist many years ago. Okay. I'm an ex addict. I've been straight now for 40 some years. Okay. I came out of a cult. 
I can recognize what QAnon is. I was raised in Jehovah Witnesses. That's a pretty big cult if you ask me, okay? I ran away from home at 15 because I wanted to live life before I died. Here I am, 67 years old, okay? I have, an ex I have a really incredible rear view mirror of experiences in life. And I'm looking to share those and help people uh, have understand what's going on because I tell people it's better to understand than be understood as an idiot who follows a guy with an orange face who's a clown. Okay. I'm sorry, folks. I mean, that's how I see Trump, but I respect your viewpoint to be able to vote for him. Like I said, my card is very simple. It says what I do is not about the right or left. It's about right and wrong. Okay. And that's what I work for. And, uh, and so that's my opinion and I respect other people's opinions and we should respect it, you know, and help people understand. So I look at a lot of the people complaining that the election was stolen going, well, like it was an American presidential election. Of course it was stolen. They're all stolen. Your side just lost the stealing contest and now you're complaining. And, 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 and I hope, that kind of squares with your historical perspective where it's like, okay, okay, Trumpians, welcome to the table. I've been pointing this out for decades. Now you are you see yourself as a, a victim of it. The American people have been a victim of this corrupt right. system it, for years. These are my brothers and sisters on the right, and I have two brothers and a sister who are very much hard Trumpers and QAnons, okay? And, uh, and you know, I'm hoping to even reach out to them to help them understand that we all need to work together with an ultimate goal to make elections transparent, trackable, and publicly verified. Those ballot images can be released by precinct, and anybody can add them up. And we're developing this, a little program that you can download, hook up your TV to your flat screen. That's gonna be the solution, and that's gonna be a revolution in this country to have elections that we can believe in, that we can add up ourselves. I think that's neat. And then if you do it well and you videotape, we hope to push that they take the ballots and make them into a library. And after you do your audit, you should be able to pick some images and go match them against the original ones because you're not done until you get to the original ballot. That is a hand marked paper ballot. And there's no way on these ballots can you tell who voted unless you write your name. And if you do write your name, don't take away my right to be able to know if that vote really is real, okay? Uh, you shouldn't, you know, it's not right to put your name on it, but if you do, uh, some people say, well, this is a bad idea, Frankie, people might sell their vote. And I say, mm -hmm. well, that's right. we're 90% vote by mail in my state, so why don't we get rid of vote by mail? Mm -hmm. Ballot selfies are legal in my state. You can take a picture of it and put it on the internet, okay? So all of this is ridiculous stuff that we're being manipulated by the media and by the powers to be. We're being divided and played against each other. Think yep. American. Absolutely. So, John, uh, I think we've done a great job so far covering the current situation, how we got here, some of the mechanics of, of what's going on, and your bigger goals and why and, and your motivations. There's one big question on everybody's minds, especially – those who are holding out Trump for the uh, orange Julius. What's going to happen in the immediate future? How is this audit going to conclude? And what are the immediate implications? I think it's going to conclude with three results. 
the original, the hand count audit law, hand count audit, which is going to be flawed because it's with humans counting, and they're not matching batch to batch because there's no cooperation from the county at all. And uh, and then there will be the third audit, which is the ballot images. I think that the first and second audit on the top two races are going to add up. But I do think that there could be, I'm going to put on my tin hat now, and I'm going to talk about my conspiracy, okay? And this is a hypotenuse, but this is a Republican on Republican fight. We have four uh, Republicans on the Board of Supervisors, and we have the state Senate. And when you take a good look and just think this out, is that there, one of the races in that election for the County Board of Supervisors fell under the one-tenth of a percent recount, okay? okay. Because believe it or not, in my state, in order to get a recount for a county race is 10 votes. 10 votes. It was yeah. within the one-tenth, didn't qualify. Uh, there are some other races I'm very interested in looking at the county level since they brought so much attention. Listen, think this way. Legislators legislate and they allocate funds to who? Cities, municipalities, state projects and roads, state roads. But a large percent go to the counties. Where right. does eight people out of five have the ability to sign hundreds of millions of dollars in contracts? Hello, Board of Supervisors, okay? What would happen if you could control them? I know that's happening because I've seen it happen in Pima County. I was yep. in one case in Pima County for nine years. We had three court cases to collect the evidence. The fourth case was to present. They would never let us present the evidence. We went through the appellate court, the Supreme Court of Arizona, and back around back to court and get booted again. Then they filed a document saying, Your Honor, these people didn't claim we would steal in the future. Yeah, there was past redoings back then, but that was a long time ago. We built a new facility. We've done this and that, so you should dismiss the case. And guess what? The judge did because he said, what am I going to do if they do prove it's stolen? <laughs> you know, it's a bizarre system. I learned a lot from that. And, uh, and so what do I do? I travel the country, and I'm out here trying to form small Margaret Mead-type groups with people. I say, don't join my group. Let me help you start your own group. And let's talk about the seven C's of this group. Character, capacity, credibility, civility. Hey, I can call you bad names real nice, lose the civility. <laughs> Country. Those are the first six C's. But the seventh C is the most important. Be courageous. But please, don't be stupid. Because what kind of a character has the capacity to do something impulsively and destroy your credibility? Form that small Margaret Mead group. Find people who have small superpowers like poverty, okay? Sue me, please, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I try to be courageous. I try to use my Lakota prayer, and I'm learning how to love beyond my fear, and I want to teach that to other people because JFK was right. One person can make a difference, and everybody should try. You cannot believe the success that we're having all across the country. And even being called John Bamboo Brakey has put the word out that there's something wrong, and who is this guy? And people are discovering me like you all are, and I'm grateful to be on your show to be able to help spread this word of optimism that we can win by transparency is the solution. Well, 
I uh, it makes me wonder about all the Trump supporters going, oh my gosh, it's this liberal Democrat whom all of our hopes hinge on. Uh, Rebecca B with a super chat before you sign off, sir. I am a disassociated slash excommunicated Jehovah's Witness. I left as a teen homeless for a while, but you cannot overestimate the value of three, free thought. Uh, Rebecca, thank you for weighing in with that. John, thank you so much for joining us. The website, auditelectionsusa.org. Anything else you want to promote, sir? No, I think that's really it is, uh, hey, get involved, care. I mean, let's build a better system. This digital is a gift. And let's go for it. I think that Arizona is going to turn into maybe the Arizona miracle because when we get ready to do the final presentation, don't be surprised if the whole world can have a copy of every precinct and they can add it themselves. And then uh, we move on from there and teach the rest of the country that we need this very badly because we are on the road to violence, more violence as people become disconnected uh, from the system and, and call it a fraud. Let's let's change it now. Awesome. Thank, Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. John Brakey, election audit, audit elections USA. Very much appreciate your time this morning, sir. Thank you. All right, let's get Mercedes back up here for Mental Health Monday. We got some cool stories here. I don't want us to call them cool stories, but uh, they're, 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 they're definitely stories. <laughs> yeah, heavy stories. Before we jump into that. Any uh, any any new leaders, or are we still at nine nine kittens? Still, just nine, and uh, no. only producer club members are commenting. So, all right. Well, let's go to BuzzFeedNews.com. This first story you have is uh, adopted from China, killed in the Poconos, and this looks like suicidal crazy guy had a gun, unharmful or unthreatening, but erratic, and then uh, called the, he called the police on himself anonymously. A little weird, uh, but kind of makes sense, you know, for someone in that state of mind, desperately calling for help and ends up getting shot, right? But that's yeah. not... That, that doesn't really make this a special story, does it, sadly? Well, what it is in this particular story is, one, it's recent. Um, so it's a good to highlight that the police are not mental health professionals and that they do more harm than good. Um, two, in the story, if you read it, um, he called the cops on himself anonymously, was on a bridge, was pacing back and forth. They did negotiations with him. They tried to bring him out. Well, then he came out with his gun. And so then they shot warning shots. Well, then he put his hands up and didn't drop the gun and they shot him and killed him. Then they found out it was a pellet gun. So he used the cops to commit suicide because he didn't, he like, I don't know what his mindset was. We won't ever know because he was killed by the police, but that's well, just a non-lethal means. Hold on, Mercedes, to Mercedes, hold on, there's one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there's, there's one uh, specific question. Can you say, because we have seen incidents of suicide by cop where someone like waves a knife, refuses to follow orders. They're not like erratic deranged, but they just do this clumsy, I'm coming at a cop with a knife yeah. until they get shot kind of thing. This, you know, and it's, it's hard. Can you really say decisively that this was an intentional suicide by cop? I honestly, with the, not from a, from a non-perfect, the speculation 
purely. But what it looks like is, yes, he didn't want to. He didn't want to. Okay, hold on for a second. If that like, was the case, I think that's what it gun, why why not just call the police on himself and then start pointing the pellet gun oh, at the cop. That's right. He has a history of issues with law enforcement already because it, the system failed him. That's right. I forgot that part of the article. So uh, he, as a kid, had been in and out of the system, in and out of the system because he didn't have mental health access. So if that's why I said it's intentional, but we don't, we didn't read the article So to the peoples. Um, so what it is, is he, let me just bring it up and just How's that sound? I'll just do that part. Um, he, sorry, now I'm multitasking. He did the thing with the um, gun. And if you bring up the video, Jim, they actually show the video. So um, what they did is um, he was on the thing in the video. You see him walking up and doing the thing and they just shoot and kill him. So, so there's, there's, there's one other part of, while Jim's doing that, there's one part of the article I want to read, Mercedes. Yeah, no, the please pandemic, do. The pandemic had been hard for Christian. He was weaned off his depression medication by a psychiatrist nearly two years ago because he didn't like the way it made him feel. Then his therapist left the practice in November 2020, and he was waitlisted for a new one. Thanks, COVID hysteria. Uh, just, and Yeah, so... Yeah. The video. Yep, uh, there you go. Three shots. One of his family members also said he was depressed about always being at home, not being able to hang out with his friends, not being able to see his family. Then he and his girlfriend broke up in the end. We don't know what pushed him. Sorry, I walked away to look at Cora. So yeah, if he had had mental health access, and the government took it seriously and or realized that police officers are not capable of responding to mental health crisis. Like there yeah. are nonviolent means to disarm somebody who's on a bridge that's not going to jump. Like no, no, there's, there's, he's there's not more, a threat. You could boil this down to the, the, the fucked up result of entrusting cops to respond to these situations is that when someone who's suicidal goes, Hey, can you please help me commit suicide in a crazy, dramatic way? The cops go, sure, buddy, we got you. As opposed to, hey, you sure about that? And responding with the compassion that the situation would call for. So this is one more tragic example of, of where we are. So Mercedes, thank you for bringing oh. that to attention. I hate that I had to, but you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> because the next yeah. story is... Um, do we want to do the positive story or the crazy story? Let's do QAnon next. Okay. So this one time, the court ordered the QAnon shaman to undergo mental health uh, screenings and exams because he'd be crazy, you know, um, to them, they think. So this is what, like, I'm so glad you have the guest on before we did this segment that our prior guest, because when you're talking about, um, conspiracy theories and um, cults and stuff like this. This is a prime example of what um, propaganda does to people and how it can incite things just in general. Mob mentality takes over and then you have Mr. Shaman here. And so like- I want, I want, yeah, two, two things about this that are the mental health 
uh, intersections that are I think are, are bigger and unspoken in this. They, they say, um, what, well, like as you point out, he's crazy because he believes conspiracies. Whereas we go, you're fucking crazy if you don't believe nobody is conspiring out there. Hello, yeah, like you there's a line. Shit just happens. People just happen to work together like, to fuck you over for their own benefit. That's just that, that there was no conspiring. That was just by accident. You're fucking crazy. And well, it is, that's, is it's what driving, you do with that though. Well, and, and it is those driving the cons- mm-hmm. those conspiracies that drive this narrative. Oh, well, anybody who thinks that people conspire must be crazy. Look at this guy in this crazy attire. It's almost like you're gaslighting the truth and using propaganda to do it. And here's the second thing about the attire. Because I've dressed up crazy in public to make a point before, believe it or not. Wait, wait, did you do that? I totally support that. And I totally support Vermin Supreme doing it every goddamn day if he has to. But when QAnon Shaman, you know, decided, hey, as a Trump activist, as a QAnon activist, I'm going to take on a distinct look that's the buffalo horn, coonskin cap, whatever the fuck it is, and red, white, and blue face paint, and you, and, and being topless when it's a, a, appropriate or possible. And you know what that means? That means in the political game of standing out, he fucking won. He won. Honestly, he, became, he became the visual icon of January 6th. And he you know really what? did. He losers, became icon of QAnon. Losers hate a winner, and they will gaslight him and try to make him crazy. And, and the losers who run this system look at him and go, you know, and, and I say he's wrong. I'm not endorsing Jacob Angeli, but I'm saying in terms of political attire for a protester, he won. He there. won. He won. Yes, he, he did. Won. He won. But the here's century. what they're trying to he do. Won, you know? Here's what the government's trying to do, though, because I, you know, we're talking about the government here and how what they're trying to set up. And because we need to be mindful, he is a political activist. It doesn't matter if we think he's crazy or we agree. They're going to do to him what they do to him. They will do to all political activists. Okay, they're yeah. setting up the groundwork for this. Cora, stop yelling at me. She's yelling puppies. Uh, so what they're doing here is that they're trying to set up a case so that they can try him or plead insanity. They're going for the insanity plea deal here because if he's not competent, they can't try him because he will be seen as incompetent. Now that funnels him in to the for-profit mental health correctional systems of America in which they are redirecting funds to instead of the for-profit prison system. Thank you. All right, Mercedes, uh, I know you have to get back to managing that asylum, but before you do, we have one more story for Mental Health Monday that you brought up as the good news from 1011now.com. Motorcyclists ride into Lincoln, as in Lincoln, Nebraska, raising awareness for children's mental health. Quickly, Mercedes, why is this a big deal and why do you support this effort? Because you have a crazy daughter, of course. Obviously, we support children's mental health. Can you quit? Oh, you want puppies on TV? Okay, go to your room and I'll turn them on, okay? I can do it for myself. <laughs> and then I will come up. Yes, I promise. Okay, yeah, I did show the puppies. So this one time, um, we have a... Nebraska has a 12.6% poverty rate in children in the state. The state's currently actively defunding any program there is, or like trying to minimize funding through tax reductions for corporate people. Uh, those corporate being... Uh, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, and Turner, because they're the largest landowners in Nebraska. So we have 
you know, we have some shit going down in Nebraska and it directly affects our children, especially since we have a very high rate of children who are molested in our state. Mm. And um, we have like, like we our biker gangs in this state really protect our kids. Like they are here against pedophiles. They are here to help kids like they go to court with them and stuff so that they have an advocate, like a scary biker dude to help them. Like I get emotional about it. I, I, um, think, I think the so, best argument from bikers is to look moms in the eye and say, if you don't want your kid to grow up to look like this, you better raise them right. That, no, it's more like message? these. No. Well, I mean, yes, actually. <laughs> but like When you're talking about low income people. Um, you're talking about a, a demographic that's automatically traumatized because we're low income, we're poor, we're, we we deal with not having enough food. I don't have child care. There's not enough child care in my area, not because we're poor, but because everybody's, I mean, it is, everybody is working because we're the poor working class. I don't have child care because there's no child care available because everybody's kids are in child care. Nobody's raising their kids anymore. That's detrimental to children's mental health and development. They need their parents. Their parents are needed. This is where the libertarian, um, we, the parents podcast or the, the uh, family rights advocacy and stuff like that comes in, in, in the libertarian party, which means I need to reach out to the biker gangs. Anyway. So yeah, what they do is they, they ride across the state, um, big and scary to advocate and bring attention to mental health, how the, how most of our kids in the state are on Medicaid, like the state takes care of the kids. So they're just this, they're just talking about what's going on. They're like, Hey, our kids need help. This is our future. And you're defunding our future by giving us government handouts and defunding the things that are helping. We know they're helping to fund other things to make government money and then keep us poor. Like the government's yeah, no, upside I'm, down right now with this cut spendings. Like yeah. I'm glad they're trying to save us money, but you're fucking no, us over. Tons of implications about this Mercedes. I just I'm glad you brought this story to our attention. And I, I mean, I could pick this apart for hours or I shouldn't Jeez. say pick it apart, but examine and appreciate for hours. But I, it seems like a beautiful, appropriate, cause for the biker community to this, pick up and it's really cool to see that our biker community in nebraska is real wholesome scary so really scary we'll come back to you after mr remus for a report on the comment contest today if you've got if you've ever had a litter bigger than nine in this case kittens i guess if it was nine pigs that would be bigger than nine kittens first domino bikers traffic meth lol yes there's an oh we're not we're, we could do a whole biker special episode if you don't want, but for now, Mercedes, thank you. We're going to come back to you. We've got to get to our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, Libertarian Party candidate for Congress, Steve Remus, uh, native Arizona, an Air Force veteran, did 12 years, including a tour in Iraq and Central America, worked as a nuclear policy expert, uh, emergency management expert, even spent time in retail management. Uh, he's got a BS in emergency management. Uh, which means he works for the government. He's going to BSing about that. I did, yeah. A certification <laughs> and continuity of operations, a master's in English, overeducated. I mean, like a dumbass. I just got to put these flags up. He really should have a wall of certificates behind him. Uh, I, but yes. I do. I do. I, I, hide, I hide my education. Uh, it's especially <laughs> under the flags, under the flags. Just behind the flags. Uh, uh, in, in terms of the resume that Steve brings together, as a candidate, as an asset for the LP, 
He represents a very incredible opportunity. Um, and he, he's, he considers himself, you know, uh, someone who has continued the spirit of his service in defending fundamental rights. And so I'm excited to see that that continues now as an activist. He's also getting involved as we form Homefront Battle Buddies. So hopefully a great asset there with our nonprofit. We're going to save that for another conversation when we get uh, past our exciting retreat. We get to hang out here in Gardenia this weekend. But Steve, before anything else, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, anything you want us to know about uh, about your background and, and, and how you got to where you are today? Uh, you know, really, um, I sort of... I, I sort of stumbled into libertarianism because of the military. And, and I think that happens to quite a few veterans. Mm. Uh, once, once you sort of, uh, you know, my, my experience that really flipped me, well, I'll say it, it flipped me into the Liberty caucus of the Republican party first. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was my gateway to libertarianism. And, and the libertarian party was, I spent almost five years at the Pentagon and um, really, really seeing how DC operates and, and, and how it's interlinked is, is what drove, drove me to really the more principled party. Um, especially after I experienced that I was going to run uh, for state house two years ago, a year and a half ago, whatever it is now, um, as a Republican, uh, as a Liberty caucus Republican. And you don't realize how much control they espouse over the process until you try to run for a local office. And that 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 control and the, the way they want you to behave and they want to tell you what to do, it just, I guess, reinvested me in my values of I don't like people telling me what to do. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like... I just don't like it. It's it's I know how to live my life. You know, I, I believe Arizonans know how to live their own lives. And I don't believe the federal government should have influence over quite a quite a lot of things that it has influence over. And that's that's sort of how I ended up here. You know, it's funny. I didn't, I didn't know we had that in common uh, about our backgrounds. I, I also spent five years at the Pentagon. Uh, but all I did was sit in the bushes outside and out the <laughs> way in. So oh, I worked. I worked. I worked in the National Military Command Center. I worked in the. I worked in the place to be with with the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. That is, yeah. You know the thing about that, and 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 I hope you'll connect this to you know the flip to RLC from just being a mainstream Republican about the non-interventionism. But this is one of those places where, you know, I, we. we there, there is a role for the uh, appeal to authority uh, as opposed to the appeal to logic and reason. Yeah. And it's authority that is based on knowledge and understanding and experience. And the appeal to authority here is, Steve, as someone who did five years there, how did that give you confidence in understanding that the system is wrong and have that confidence sufficient to take the stand that you have. So it's it's going to be based off situations, right? Such situations that I saw firsthand that I I probably can't comment too much about, but I, <laughs> I 
I was, I was in the invitations and secret clearances. I, I was, I was, so I was in the Pentagon the night of Benghazi. I will disagree vehemently and I encourage everyone else to with the media's portrayal of, of <laughs> those events. <laughs> um, there's, there's, there's other things like we had. And this opinion does not reflect that of the U.S. government, the Department of Defense, no, no, or no, any no. other agencies. Well, yeah, yeah. Thanks for saying that disclaimer so I don't get freaking raided this afternoon. Um, but when it comes with that, it comes with um, seeing how we previously, especially this last year, seeing seeing from that level how we responded to other pandemics and, and how the process is supposed to work versus how it went last year. Uh, the, there's, the, you can, if you think logically, and if you if you have any uh, ability to look at a situation and just logically analyze it, you can see where steps are missed, and it seems that those steps are missed on purpose. And what I what I saw in like the coronavirus response is it seemed like there were emergency management steps, there were pandemic response steps that were missed because typically the government will try to control a narrative that the that the media gets a hold of. Right. That, from my standpoint, was not the case last year. You know, when, when Ebola, when we had the Ebola scare in 2014 or 2015, and everyone was like, oh my gosh, we're flying these people in and Ebola is going to spread. It was a very more clear cut. The government was like, whoa, 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 media. Like, here's here's something you, you, you're you not going to run and scare people with. Versus this last year where it was like, you know what? Scare everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, wait a second. Like, that's it's not where we're supposed to. We don't, especially in emergency management, you don't want people to be scared. Uh, hey, Mike Freeman weighs in. Question for the guest. What if you'd stayed quiet and just played along, got the seat, and then went rogue? What would have happened in your opinion? Maybe you want to step back before answering that question specifically. Tell us about the race. Yeah, so the, the first race um, was for State House. I live in a predominantly blue district in Tucson, Arizona. Um, and running as a Republican, so the Republican Party here in Pima County has just gone uh, it's not a true conservative party. It's not a true party of, I mean, well, most of the Republican party in Arizona has gone, I don't know what they're doing anymore. They've, they've gone Trumpian, they've gone left, they've gone every which way, but the right way. So. Um, yeah. It's left or Trumpian or neocon, isn't it? Yes, is, not, I mean, sorry, sorry, a little sidebar here, but is that the new demographic split in the GOP now that the Liberty wing has, died left or been pushed out and, and and is now coming to the libertarian party yeah you've so got the trumplicans you've still got the distinct pro-war neocons and then that there's a sort of a liberal moderate wing there isn't there is no dominant conservative wing in the republican party anymore which no. is kind of a good thing for the lp that's great to for us. i mean for the accelerationists to say yeah yeah, if you're if you are in the if, let, let's take that part of their base from them too. Yeah, and that's and that's why you're gonna see here a lot of you know a lot of the Liberty Caucus folks were Ron Paul Republicans. You know, they're like, I'm a Ron Paul Republican. Well, guess what? 
they're coming to the Libertarian Party. They're yeah. coming. To, they're coming to the Libertarian Party. Mises yeah. caucus. Guess what? We're all here now. Okay, yeah. we're coming, and it's it is the revolution that was talked about when Ron Paul ran. Yeah. Okay, Steve, hold on, Steve. Big sidebar we're going off on here, but it's worth it. It's worth it. There are a lot of us since 2008, 2012 going, when are we going to get the rallying point that brings back the movement energy like we had with Ron Paul? And I've been saying for years, it's the LP. It's the LP. and, And it seems like, tell me if I'm right here, there are enough people who have come in from that crowd finally going, Shit, Adam was right. Hate to admit it, but Big Sarwark was right too. Get out of the GOP, right? Uh, Joey's groaning on mention of that name, but you get my point. He was right in saying if you're a libertarian or you believe in freedom, Republican Liberty Caucus being a Ron Paul Republican is a waste of time. You are tilting at windmills. They hate you. They will use you. And if you get any power or influence, they will push you out anyway. Might as well jump into the LP. And it's kind of like people like you or your general demographic that included me are going, ah, shit. Yeah, let's let's make it about the LP right now. Well, and then and then you have to look right. So there's there's a there's a group of of Republicans. Right. So I would I would say they were. Liberty Caucus minded, but they they stuck to a constitutional conservative moniker. Those same people get thrown out of the Republican Party. They're the same people that are getting thrown out right now. The Liberty Caucus Republicans, the Ron Paul Republicans, the constitutional conservatives, all of us that espouse human rights above all else with or without the Constitution are getting cast out by, I'm going to use conspiracy theorists as my term. Um, but you you have the MAGA QAnon folks, you mm-hmm. have you have the the I guess the more centrist folks, and then you have the folks that are just I mean they're far they're far far right they're they're those those are the three factions that are because um, I would I would I would liken the Patriot Party that's trying to get started or is getting started um, to the 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 MAGA QAnon that they're all they're all under this belief that Trump is some savior to the political arena or to Liberty and, sure. and you can't speak facts to them. Okay, Steve, I, I want to just wrap this up. Last question, bring it back together. What are you doing now? And how does it connect to uh, Mike Freeman's question of, you know, what have you just, what have you just went along and got along and got yourself elected? It's an integrity issue. It was an integrity issue. Um, what what they wanted me to speak on, what beliefs they wanted me to have were not my beliefs. So that is why I did not shut up in color. I did not, I, I, I could not reasonably do my daily tasks and go speak to people about something if I didn't truly believe it. And that's why I didn't sit down and shut up. So what are you doing now? So now, as a as a member of the Libertarian Party and a member of the Mises Caucus, um, I am, and, and I've predominantly been, you know, Liberty Caucus Republican. So I am more Ron Paul, uh, Libertarian or Republic, whatever you want to, whatever whatever thing you need to identify that as for yourself. That's fine with me. But it's it's about ensuring Arizonans understand that. As the greatest minority, as an individual, 
our human rights are not subject to the federal government. So my my campaign is actually is actually changed um, because I, I heard of someone trying to run for governor, get the libertarian nod for governor, uh, who is is a Republican who's not going to get supported uh, by the Republican Party. So currently, I am seeking the Libertarian nomination to be the to be on the primary ballot to run against him. Now, whether or not both of us get all the signatures and, and all the stuff that needs to happen for us to make it in the general election, that, that's a whole other issue. But uh, from from a standpoint of principled values and and ensuring that every person and every Arizonan feels like they they have control of their own life a lot of that comes from doing things that force the federal government out of arizona and uh one of the big things is healthcare. um here in tucson we have a direct pay model that allows and ensures affordable health care for low and middle class people and it's one of the most affordable models of health care i've seen so that that is something I am promoting heavily, especially here in Southern Arizona. Um, and our immigration crisis, uh, I believe, is is not truly an immigration crisis. We had an open border for years in the state of Arizona with Mexico, and that allowed business to flourish and trade to flourish. And the federal government and people in other states who have no business telling Arizonans how to live their lives. Uh, decided we had a border crisis in Southern Arizona. And it is imperative that we re reteach Arizonans and new Arizonans what the, the right way to, to grow business and, and to be good stewards of humanity. And a lot of that starts with compassion. Beautiful. Well said, Steve. What's your website? Uh, so my website is steveremus.com. Uh, it's getting updated every week. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm not on Facebook. Uh, I, I got in a little trouble on Facebook. So <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it comes with the territory. And then, um, yeah, so I'm very active on Twitter. And, you know, my my petition link, if you're an Arizonan, I would love for you to support the revolution. <laughs> Because this is what it takes. It takes it takes all Arizonans to stand up as individuals. Now is not the time to be scared. The media and the federal government forced you to be scared for the last year, year and a half. And now that they've done it and they know they can get away with it, it can be on anything else. And the only way to stop that is for states to stand up and 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 really reinvigorate states' rights. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us, Steve. Look forward to seeing you here next week. All right. Getting to our grab bag, skimming real quick in our last few minutes. From the Associated Press, Hamas, defiant with military parade, appearance of top leader, hundreds of masked Hamas fighters brandishing assault rifles parade in Gaza City, and the group's top leader made his first public appearance on Saturday in a defiant show of strength. After the militants, 11-day war with Israel. Yeah, that's what we missed while we were gone. Uh, more bullshit, people fighting for bad reasons, uh, and demonization of the little guy here. 
uh, it's funny, Hamas defined with military parade, whereas like you compare this to, you call this a military parade, this is like the average day in the Israeli military, uh, walking around in formation. Tron.com, British Black Lives Matter, from the Washington Post, British Black Lives Matter activist Sasha Johnson shot in London following numerous death threats. Yeah, British Black Lives Matter activist is fighting for her life after being shot in the head during the early hours of Sunday morning. Sasha Johnson, a 27-year-old mother, is in a critical condition after the incident, which comes amid numerous death threats, according to a statement from the political party she is affiliated with. And going back to in the spirit of all activists who see outside themselves and give a fuck about things that matters, here's hopes and prayers and whatever else good wishes you want to send to uh, our, our sister in arms here suffering uh, for her activism. Washington Post at MSN.com, Commerce Department Security Unit evolved into counterintelligence like Operation Washington Post examination found. Surprise, surprise, more giant shadows uncovered in the federal government. Uh, Associated Press, really interesting story. Again, links in the notes at t.me slash Adam versus the man. Two stories here together. AP, Belarus opposition figure detained when flight diverted. Really crazy story about a jet diverting a passenger plane in order to ground it and make an arrest. A prominent opponent of Belarus authoritarian president was arrested Sunday after the airliner in which he was traveling was diverted to the country after a bomb threat in which the opposition Western officials denounced as a hijacking operation by the government. Yeah. Uh, Follow-up story if you want to get more into it in the notes, DNYUZ. Who is Roman Protasevich, the captive journalist in Belarus? The story we uh, maybe coming back to and getting into and answering that question here with everybody. But for now, if you want to get into it there, uh, cbsnews.com, former officers face charges in rough arrest of 73-year-old Colorado woman with dementia. Good news, follow-up. Again, just beautiful time to be alive, seeing stories like this where you can feel the reduction in brutality of the police state. You can feel the standards of police accountability going up. And this is just a beautiful example because of all the victimization that individuals have suffered at the hands of police, pretty mild, sympathetic case, older woman, clear video, you're getting fucked and you're not getting away with it again. Good news there. CNN.com, he was executed for murder four years ago. Now someone else's DNA has been found on the murder weapon. This is a reckoning for the police state. Yeah, you killed the wrong guy. You think Americans are going to have faith in you for much longer? It happens a lot. It happens a lot. But rarely in such a, I hate to say beautiful, but beautifully tragic, irrefutable case as this. So, yeah. Um, and and this was for uh, Lendell Lee, the guy who maintained his innocence towards the end, executed by the state of Arkansas. My dying words will always be as it has been. I am an innocent man another government tragedy we can at least celebrate it being clearly illuminated now funny story we might come back to this tomorrow npr headline alabama will now allow yoga in its public schools but students can't say namaste yeah if they can't say or else or what yeah attention joey did you think that government schools were some kind of bastion of freedom of speech where the fuck have you been living all right ladies and gentlemen Mercedes Amartowski, what do we have for our comment contest here? <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> How are those COVID vitamins feeding? 
oh you oh great actually sorry i'm all sorts of <laughs> uh so the contest is um still being won by producer contest i picked a bad contest today we're never nine kittens again. nine kittens well hey mercedes any other comments you wanted to get on screen or read into the record uh, yes i actually um <coughs> excuse me <coughs> let me just <coughs> for a moment <laughs> <coughs> Thank you. All right, okay, uh, no, there was a production, production we're note. Music, we're playing music. We get yeah. that cool email. Yeah, right, get it ready. Go. We'll do the production note. Then we'll do the smoke weed every day, and then we can just be done because comic contest was a tank today. So produ production note, Ed uh, was going to report. He couldn't get in. We skipped him, but that's a producer's note. Needed to put it in anyway. Um, other problem. than that, that's all we got. Let's say la vie and smoke that weed. All right, Jim, okay. thank you very much, Mercedes. Jim, take us home with the producer notes. What's going on? Yeah, I got your producer notes ready. Join us at the public telegram channel, t.me forward slash Adam versus the man. Uh, also visit the website, adamversusman.com that you see on the bottom of the screen. That's going to have everything you need once it's up and running. It'll bring you to our Patreon forward slash Adam versus man, where you can find us and support us. You can check out the store at Adam versus man forward slash store. And when you're not yet, not yet. soon, by the end of the yeah, week. soon, yeah, soon, but I'm just prepping. These are all things I'm reminding people that Adam versus man has. And once you're the producers club member, you get 15 and a better patron, you get 15% off free shipping on everything at that store. So don't forget that then visit cigar federation link.com cigar federation.com link. <laughs> and uh, but that'll be on our website. Also, when you're at that website, you can use promo code Adam 10 to get 10% off of that. When you're on Instagram, you can search for at the garden of freedom to see everything that's going on up there with Adam and Gardenia. You can visit www.thecrypto6.com to check out everything that's going on with Ian Freeman. You can check out gogreenenergyonline.com for everything do-it-yourself related to go in off-grid or solar power, wind power, everything. There you go. All right. Thank you so much, Jim. I want to do one last producer note for myself here. Let everybody know all the platforms we are on. So if you're watching this, if you made it all the way to the end of the show, thank you so much. From now on, we are going to be organized and producing uh, uh, consistently and getting this out on all of these platforms, because these are the ones that you asked for. So Patreon, it's gonna be a content stream. We're not just asking for money when we're gonna be having behind the scenes stuff there. Odyssey slash library, looking forward to getting into new crypto sites like that. Bloat app, the Telegram public channel. We're gonna have a great stream with all the links to everything we produce there. Facebook, I hate to admit it, it's still relevant. Uh, MeWe, uh, we're working with Ernie Hancock with his IPFS system. We're going to be using ACAST to get it out. I'm not going to list everywhere you get podcasts, basically. ACAST has it covered. LRN.FM, hopefully they'll get us on FM radio with this soon. Oreal.one, another crypto audio website. YouTube, still, unfortunately, most reliable technically. So we're going to be using YouTube for the live shows. We got BitChute, Rockfin, Brideon. We're also expanding into Daily Motion, Rumble, and of course, the live show, as always, on Periscope, Twitter, whatnot. And then uh, Instagram, Agora for image posting. And on Instagram, remember, we got the separate Garden of Freedom page. Twitter, Parlor, Gab, Minds, and LinkedIn. So find us, follow, connect with me. 
wherever's best for you. Any last thoughts, Jim, before we sign off with the good news? Uh, yeah, I came back on for one 15-second interlude. Uh, GI Mary Jane prepped some comments that were left on the channel while we were away during our two weeks. So we could play that. It's amazing you came for more to this great YouTuber, Bailey Agnew says. And Zubun says, your channel has come so far. I have watched. Whoops, I have to go back because I just... Went too fast. Your channel has come so far, and I've watched almost every video. I love this channel, no matter what it's been through. So thank you very much, Zoo Bun. And lastly, uh, Jared Bun says, "Damn, Adam, I'm so sad to see the day YouTube suppresses the voice you used to have. It was awesome while you were high on the horse, but this world ain't built for the world. This this world ain't built for a world like us. Keep making your vids, but the masses won't see it. Just know the ones that mattered did." Indeed, beautiful. Joey, thank you for showing uh, those with everybody, sharing those with everybody, and Jim for getting that in here. And with that, peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other.